sports are back, which means last call sports is back, which means overall happiness in the universe is back. And it began late July with baseball. Basketball followed shortly, and now we have the playoffs every day, kind of NCAA tournament style. Um, but last call sports is back. Greg, Jim, Haddix. No Haddix today, but that's how we're kind of going to be. It'll be whoever's available. You'll have two of us. Sometimes you'll have to suffer through three of us. For today, it's me and it's Jim. How are we feeling today? Oh, we're good. Listen, uh, anytime you go through that kind of drought without sports, I'm, I'm happy they're back. It's, like you said, kind of like the March Madness tournament style. All day, working from home now because of this still, and you just get to watch sports all day. I'm, I couldn't be happier. Oh, I agree. It's absolutely miserable without them. And I'm glad they're back. And they're better than ever. The NBA did an awesome job uh, at what they're doing in the bubble. And we're going to jump right in because we got eight games, eight game ones to go through. Um, They began on Monday with the Jazz and the Nuggets. And it was probably the best game of the weekend, I would say, of the week so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's that was a perfect way to start off the playoffs. Um, You know, an overtime game, high scoring. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, Having the under didn't help, but listen, I was all over Denver. I, I like Denver. I think this is going to be how I I could see every game going. Um, you know, me and you talked about predictions a couple days ago before it started, and I, I gave the Nuggets 4-1 in this series, but after watching that first game, you know, I, I could see it going six, seven games, and every game being like this right down to the wire, and I loved I could watch Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell every night go against each other. So I thought it was a great way to start the playoffs. Yeah, I don't hate the 4-1, 4-2 prediction, anything like that, even after watching game one, because while every game might be close, you know, I don't know how great the series is going to be, and that sounds strange if every game is close, but the Nuggets are going to pull out most of those games in the way they did on Monday afternoon because the Jazz outside of Donovan Mitchell um, and I feel this way about a couple teams, are pretty underwhelming. Um, I know they were missing Mike Conley. You know, Joe Ingles is okay. Um, and Gobert is a defensive defensive stud, kind of a – not a liability offensively, but he's not, you know, an offensive powerhouse. Um, they have nobody who could put the ball in the basket. So if Mitchell's going to score, have to score 55 every night, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, him scoring 57 in a loss is, tar- is tough to see, but – I mean, you you can't have two of your starters in Royce O'Neal and Juwan Morgan shoot two of eleven combined for six points. Um, you know, it just can't happen. Uh, I think O'Neal's final line was three points, seven rebounds, and that's about all he did with five fouls. Um, you know, and then even off their bench, Jordan Clarkson played well off the bench, but that was it. They got nothing from anybody else other outside of Mitchell, Ingles, and Gobert. So, and Clarkson's streaky. He's not a consistent player like right. that every night. Right. We've seen that in the past with the Cavs and everything. He's he's not going to give you 18 every night. Um, and, and Mitchell very well could give you 50 a night, but it's going to be tough, especially now. There's no travel days. They're playing every other day. Um, they're going to be exhausted. But, you know, on the other side of that, the Nuggets, they got – production from Grant and Morris off the bench. Um, you know, the the duo between Murray and Jokic is awesome to watch. Um, and I will say I was a little 
little upset with how Porter played in game one. I'm expecting big things from him this playoffs after watching the first eight games in the bubble. But, you know, we talked a little bit. Just I love his stroke. I love his shot. I'm excited to watch him in the future. And uh, hopefully he picks it up, too, in this in this series and then further on. Well, that's the thing. Every Every player you just named is a player for the Nuggets that, you know, the options that the Jazz don't have. Again, Conley, right. Conley's not there, um, but early on it was Jokic taking over um, in the first half. Porter hit a couple big shots, but late Porter got cold, and then we saw late fourth quarter in overtime, Murray took over. And, you know, they're bench guys. They're other producers in the start in the starting rotation. That's just what the Jazz have, and they're, they're pretty deep looking at their team. But having the two key stars, which a lot of teams have, you have to have mm-hmm. a supporting cast. And it was interesting yeah. to see different players for the Nuggets step up because you're expecting Porter to do it or mm-hmm. you're expecting Jokic and Murray to have the big games. But to see their bench guys step up was awesome. And that's going to make them real tough to beat. I agree. And then and that's where they have the luxury of if Grant and Morris can't do that every night, you know, Porter's going to play better. Even Paul Millsap, I mean, he shot three for ten. Paul so Millsap he's, looked he's awful. Gonna shoot. Oh, he looked one. awful. Awful. <laughs> he looked terrible. He uh, he looked like he should have been playing for the Lakers last night. I don't night, know what he was doing. Was... Passing the oh. ball, defensively, shooting. I, I don't know what was going on with Paul Millsap. Every time he touched the ball, I just I just wanted out of his hands. I, I didn't even want to see him on the floor. But, I mean, the, the, the Jazz, I mean, like their bench guys, like you said, Clarkson played a good game, but he's inconsistent. I mean, are you going to rely on – you know, Moody, Emmanuel Moody off the bench or, or Georges Niang off the bench. Like, that's just something you're not going to do. And when you're starting Juwan Morgan, that was his first start in his career, I'm pretty sure. I heard the announcement before It was, before it was. Like, that's just, it's a recipe for disaster. Right. And that's, you know, like you said, it, the biggest thing in playoffs, like you said, every team has one or two stars. You need that supporting cast. You need depth. Especially, you know, they're not, they're playing every other day. These these starters these stars are playing almost every minute. You have to have somebody give you something, and you know that's where the Jazz are a little de- or the Nuggets are a little deeper, and that's what's gonna kind of I think get them over this first round. Absolutely, I mean if if you get 33 from Grant and Monte Morris combined off the bench every game, it's gonna be a sweep. Right? Nuggets aren't right. gonna lose a game. No. Also, what's Ball Ball's deal? Is he a player? <laughs> I I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, he looked good in those first couple games he played in the bubble. Um, and that was it? That was it. I, I don't even know if he was dressed yesterday. Um, but I, I don't know. I would like to see him. I would like to see him out there give a little something. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I would rather him out there than Plumley. I can tell you that. I think watching Plumley is very hard to watch. Plumley's tough to watch. It's just very unathletic, very doofy. Very and slow. Uh, at least Bobo gives you something to be entertained with. Exactly. He gives entertainment and a little excitement, I guess, if he that's, dunks, if that's he dunks it. every now and then. Right. I mean, he's pulling up for three in the exhibition games or the first game, couple games. Looking ahead to game two, I tell you what, I like the Nuggets again. Looking at that, um, how game one went, they, really, they had control of that game. Um, they gave it up late, and then overtime was just, you know, we you knew kind of knew what was going to happen in overtime. Maybe not the way it happened with Murray just catching fire, but I you knew they were going to take over in overtime. I think it's going to happen in game two, but I think it's a little easier. 
um, for the Nuggets in Game 2. I could see maybe a double-digit win um, in Game 2, so I'll, I'll be on Denver again, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they're at minus 4 right now. Um, I, I agree with you. I like them again. I think it'll be easier. I could see a big... I could see today being the big day from Jokic. I mean, I shouldn't even say he had a bad day at 29, but um, I think this might be the game where it's just all him. Um, you know, Murray's going to give him something, but he's just going to have that ridiculous stat line today. And uh, I think they're going to cruise to a 2-0 lead in the series, and we're not going to Utah. so Exactly, no travel. No, <laughs> no travel. travel. You know Mitchell's going to get his, but I, I still don't think it's going to yeah. be enough. Um, moving on to the game after that, which we won't spend too much time on because it was extremely uneventful. The the Raptors <laughs> took a rare 30-point lead in the first half. And the Nets made it interesting. They made their little run, but they, it just wasn't going to happen. The Raptors scored 134 points. I mean, Fred Van Vliet was unconscious. This Raptor team is the best team in the Eastern Conference. And I'm real excited watching them play basketball, the way they play basketball. Another deep team with, I mean, stars, question mark. You know, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet. But they're just solid, solid basketball players that, that know how to play together. And I love watching it. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, the Raptors, I think in our predictions, you have the Raptors going to the finals again. And, you know, after watching game ones, it's still long playoffs, but they looked good. I mean, the Nets... Like you said, try to make it interesting. The Raptors did what they had to do to get it done. But Fred Van Vliet, uh, he's a different animal in the playoffs. Um, you know, Kyle yeah, Lowry, I, I have no idea. But Kyle Lowry only shot 3 of 14, so he's not going to do that every night. And uh, like you said, they're deep. I mean, Ibaka comes off the bench with 22. Uh, Davis comes off the bench with 11. They also, I was interested to see this game. The Raptors played 11 guys, and the Nets played 13 guys. Uh, a lot of guys got in, the, in that game. Um, yeah, a lot of them but, got in late, but still, the the benches were getting yeah. um, they were getting some time. But the Raptors had 26 assists. Like When you have Fred Van Vliet out here shooting threes like they're free throws, and mm-hmm. like you said, Lowry 3 for 14, he still scored 16 points, but him going 3 for 14, and you win by 24. This is, this is a dangerous team. I mean, you feel like Siakam wasn't even... Um, involved too much. He's another one, four for thirteen with eighteen points. They they find different right. ways to do it with everybody getting to the free throw line. Those two combined that we just named were sixteen of sixteen from the free throw line. So yep. they have different ways of of doing things. Which I mean, this is going to be a sweep. I, I don't think there's there's any way around that. You know, I don't see the Nets no. getting lucky and winning a game here. No, and, and you know it's we were all looking forward to the Eastern Conference with Kyrie and KD on the Nets and. You know, when they come back next year, that'll be it'll be a fun team with Lavert and those guys. Joe Harris, I love Joe Harris. Love Joe Harris. Um, but you know, this Raptors team, they lose Kawhi, and it's almost the same team pretty much as they had last year without Kawhi. And they're just so well coached, and they, you know, they just play team basketball. There's no one or two big big stars that take over. It's just whoever has a day has a day, and they find a way to win. I mean, the Nets, this Luau Cabarro has been their best player outside of Levert. Yeah, so, and he's not even starting. Exactly. That's um, <laughs> that's an issue. They're going to have to pay Joe Harris. And yeah. outside of that, Jared Allen, decent big dude, but this this team doesn't have much of a chance. There's not much to say there. The, the Raptors were another double-digit favorite in Game 2. 
I think that's that's easy. It's actually less than game one for whatever reason, but I see them covering another one here and, again, both overs because neither team plays. The Raptors are decent defensively, but, again, you go up by 20, 25, you're going to calm it down a little, and they're going to score 140 points. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think this, like you said, it's this is an easy sweep, should be, for the Raptors. Um, you know, you always have one of those in the playoffs, and this is where it's going to be. Yeah, I said we weren't going to spend too much time on that one. Very uneventful. Let's go into um, Sixers-Celtics, and I'll let you take the ball on this one. Oh, God. Okay, well, I told you going in, I wasn't confident. You know, losing Simmons was uh, very, very painful, but... I mean, I I thought they competed a lot better than I expected. Um, they kept it close, uh, and that was one of your things. You said they would keep it close in this game. I will say, Embiid, you know, he did his part, but and what was he, 8 of 15 for 26, uh, 16 rebounds, but still I think in the fourth quarter he could kind of take over a little more. I don't like him settling. I watch him settle for threes. I hate seeing that. Um I have a tough time watching Al Horford out there. I do. Yeah, um, yeah. what's that about? I don't know. It's uh, I'd rather them start, you know, Alex, Alex Burks or uh, Thibel, someone like that, some kind of shooter, defense, instead of Horford, let Horford come off the bench. But, you know, I, I think this series will be a little closer than I expected. I mean, Gordon Hayward being out for a couple weeks now is, is going to help a little bit. But I'll tell you what, watching Tatum and Brown is is something special. And you know now they have this they have the point guard in Kemba, who doesn't have to score that much. He's just got to get them open shots, and that's what he's doing. So I I think I had the Celtics four two in the series. Um, I tonight's a must win. Tonight's a must yeah. win for the Sixers. And you hate seeing that they're saying that already. But if they go down two zero, it's just. I don't see them coming back from that. So, you know, no home court advantage. There's no Philly uh, fans. So you got to tie this up at 1-1 today or else I think it's over. Yeah, I I saw a close series coming, and I was hoping they could steal game one to make me look a little better. You know, we have a a future for game over in the um, series. I believe we took that one. And I, made yeah. this, and I made this prediction after Simmons went down, too, knowing that Shake Milton was going to be the point guard. So I really put a lot of eggs in Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. I like Josh Richardson as a player, but Al Horford, I mean, what's going on? He was brought in, if I can remember correctly, listening to Philly talk, listening to ESPN. He was brought in to help beat the Celtics, and he just completely goes missing in game one. And... You know, it, it was terrible to watch. I agree. I couldn't even imagine as a Sixer fan. I, I don't like the Sixers, you know that, but watching him play was awful. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch. I mean, defensively, he's slow. I mean, he was actually sticking with a couple guards. But again, him on the floor with Embiid, now he's, you know, they're the four and five. He's got to match up with Hayward, Tatum, or Brown at some point. So watching that... Oh. Watching that, sorry about that. Watching that was uh, tough, but I don't know. I, I also, I will say, um, Tobias Harris, I, you, yeah. you just you can't disappear in a playoff game. No. Um, six of 15, 15 points. You, 
I was looking at it, you know, watching last year. Uh, they had Simmons, they had Harris, they had Embiid, they had Butler, and it was like, okay, who's gonna who's gonna take over in the fourth? Uh, this year, I'm like, okay, well, you have Embiid, who can nobody on the Celtics can guard him one on one, and then you have Harris. And there were a couple times where Harris had the ball, and I'm like, okay, this is what we paid him to do, um, to kind of find his in the fourth, get us some points, win the game for us, and he just disappeared. Um, so, I mean, he's 0 for, he went 0 for 3 from 3. It just can't happen. I was very disappointed with him, especially after getting a contract like he did. Um, I agree about Harris. And I, and looking at the box score, it's interesting to see that Josh Richardson led the team in field goal attempts in this game. Um, Harris and Embiid both had 15. And I agree with you about Embiid. Listen, people make fun of Shaq on inside the NBA a lot when he says this because he was obviously a dominant big man scoring 50 a game in the playoff, NBA Finals or whatever he did crazy. Um, 26 and, and 16 is a good line, but you have to be great in the playoffs, especially, mm-hmm. you know, you're missing Simmons. You know that you're facing a better team on paper. You have to be better than that. And you have to take more shots than Josh Richardson. You have to take more than 15 shots. And this is why I've always said, aside from it being a guard driven league, if you had a choice, you're taking Ben Simmons over Joel Embiid because with the ball in his hands, He's a more skilled player, and he can make better decisions in big moments of the game. I don't care if he can shoot it. He's 6'10", and he can handle the ball like any point guard in the NBA. Um, so losing him was big, but Embiid has to – he's got to sack up a little and be like, all right, this is my turn now. You know, I can't have Josh Richardson taking 17 shots. No, I, I agree, and that's where, you know, like you said, that's that's a good stat line for any regular season game. But in the playoffs, it, you, you have to get at least 30 from him. He shouldn't be taking. He should be taking 20 shots. He, one for four from three is him. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna knock one down. Right. He's gonna get all excited. He might make one out of five and hype up. Well, now there's no crowd, but you know his teammates. But I agree. I have had this argument. I'm taking Simmons also. Um, if that was the choice, I always said build it. Build it like the Bucks. I mean, build it. Give me four shooters around him. And then let let him go to work, and he'll find those shooters. I mean, there's nobody for how big he is. It's hard to stop him too from getting to the basket. So whether he could shoot or not, if you find shooters around him, he'll be fine. If you put shooters around him, he'll be fine. But I mean, not to not talk about the Celtics, they they looked good. I mean, they um, he said Tatum and uh, Brown are different animals, and um, I would be I, I expect the Celtics to win this series. So. I would be interested to see them match up against the Raptors. I could see, yeah, I think they're going to win the series, too. I could see 4-2. Um, and going back to the Celtics, like you said, what do you say? You know, Brown and, and Tatum are superstars. Hayward's hurt, which is going to be interesting to see how they how they handle that. He was a quiet, he didn't have a huge game one, but he's quietly big for them. And then, you know, Kemba Walker's, yep. Kemba Walker's Kemba Walker. But this is Jason Tatum's team, and he's just, he's modern-day modeling his game after Kobe Bryant and it's so yep. visible and it's great to watch because he's really good at it but right yeah. I mean it, he's awesome to watch and I will say really quickly is we've talked about depth and stuff like that you know Hayward goes down I'm I'm interested to see they only got eight points from their bench um in game one so we'll see kind of who steps up in Hayward's spot that's going to be the interesting thing to see. He played 34 minutes, 12 points, 5 of 13. Not not a great game from Hayward, 
but he's better than you know what you have on the bench. You know, mm-hmm. think about who's coming off the bench for the Celtics. Enos Cantor is not a small forward. You know, is Brad Wanamaker going to step up? You know, Robert Williams played 12 minutes. It's going to be interesting to see who steps in there, and if you know we even see Marcus Smart um, step into a starting role. Maybe Jalen Brown plays the three. You know, something along those lines. But somebody's going to have to step up aside from Tatum and Brown um, if they want to. You know, put the Celtics, uh, put the Sixers away early, but ho- I'm hoping this helps my uh, my game over, my four two prediction. Yeah, yeah, I I need we need this to go uh, we need this to go six, but you know I'm I'll be interested to see if they put if they put Marcus Smart in the starting role, Sixers simply can't start Al Horford. You no. can't because Al Horford was guarding Gordon Hayward. He's not going to guard Brown. He's not going to guard Tatum. And he's certainly not going to guard Smart. So. You got to start someone like Burks or Thibault to guard Smart in that case, which, you know, it might be a blessing for Sixers fans too that Hayward went out. Not only they don't have to play against him, but Al Horford might get out of the starting lineup. Exactly. That's why in Game Two, I, I I'm hesitantly taking the Sixers um, to win the game. You know, on the on the gambling side of it too, they're going to be underdogs. So I'm, I would take them with the yep. points because I think they're going to win the game. But again, that's very very hesitantly if I had to make a prediction, yeah. just because it's a must win also. Yeah, I I agree. I have a tough time taking my own team sometimes, but I I will be on the Sixers today. Going to the final game of Monday night, I mean, nobody was happier probably than me and you when Porzingis got thrown out of this game early in the third (laughs) quarter. Again, gambling purposes. But you simply cannot throw Porzingis out of the game if you're that referee. You miss two calls on him and they both result in technical fouls, and he gets tossed. The first one was a joke, all ball. He didn't, even t- he didn't make any contact with a defender, and he makes an emotional reaction, and they tee him up. Whatever, that's the NBA. This wasn't even an argument between him. This was an argument with Donkic and Morris, and Porzingis comes in to pull his guy out, and, and you toss him. That's that's horrible by the officials. That was some of the worst officiating I've seen. Um, you know, Officials are going to miss calls. They missed the first one. It was a block. They called – They or, yeah, it was all ball. They call foul. Right. And the difference is this is the playoffs. There's going to be more emotion in these players. So when Porzingis, you know, punches the air, not even looking towards an official, you can't tee somebody up for that. This is – you know, they just had months, a month or two off of playing what they do for a living. They're finally back. They're in the playoffs. They're in a – close game with the number two seed the almost probably the favorite in the west in the clippers and you you give him you tee him up because he got upset about a call and refs are also emotional you you know yeah this game would have been in la if the fight happened if um the first technical was given to porzingis you know the crowd is is hyped up they're pumped Mm -hmm. the second one happens you know they're yelling for another one this and that you don't have that now there's no fans this is no. just you and the players, and you're on TV. Forget you're on TV, and you ref this game like, not like it's a pickup game, but you can't be throwing people out of of a playoff game when there's no pressure from the fans. You, there's no reason for a ref to be getting fired up in this series because they have no outside sources. At least the players, obviously they have themselves, they make big plays, they do whatever. The ref has, they don't have a hat in the ring. You can't, you can't be doing that, especially to a player like Porzingis. Right. I, it's different if it's, any other player outside of Doncic or Porzingis, but 
I mean, Luca is just so much fun to watch. And I would have, you know, gambling purposes, yes, I was very excited about Porzingis leaving. But any as a basketball fan, Porzingis or Luca puts up 42 for you. They only lose by eight to the Clippers. I would have loved to see how that game would have fi- uh, finished with Porzingis still out there. Me too, because um, they made their move when he was there. Yeah. You know, Luca's Luca's Luca. He. 13 of 21, everybody who doesn't like him or likes to be contrarians is going to talk about the 11 turnovers. But, I mean, the guy's out there making plays by himself. What do you What do you want him to do? Yeah, I, I, I he's just so good. He's so much, as a basketball fan, a basketball fan he's so much fun to watch. Um, you know, again, the Mavs are another team that don't have much coming off the bench. So that's going to that's gonna hurt them. You know, first of all, when they lose Porzingis, but just down the stretch in this series trying to keep up with the Clippers – um, not having a strong bench outside of you know Seth Curry is gonna is gonna be tough. And talking about the Clippers, you know Kawhi, I felt like it was a quiet night for Kawhi and for Paul George. I, neither one of them were like did anything fancy, but they dropped twenty nine, twenty seven, especially exactly what they're supposed to do. I was gonna say 50, then, uh, 56 points is a quiet night combined from both of them. Right. <laughs> so you know I, I told you this after game one is. I, you know, this was close, and I know Porzingis got thrown out, but I don't see a lot of these games being close. I don't. The playoff Kawhi is going to come out at some point, and you know the 35 he's going to have won't be quiet, and he's going to hit those daggers in the fourth quarter and stuff like that. I mean, he was he was one for seven from three, so he won't do that again. So I'm I'm excited to see. This is just a fun matchup, even if it was, for example, if it was a sweep. If it went 4-1, it's still fun to watch these two teams. This is a really entertaining matchup. Um, the big key in this series, obviously outside of George and Leonard, is Zubox down low because the Mavs don't have a guy to kind of keep up with him. I mean, Porzingis is a four. Zubox is a true center. And, I mean, the, the Mavs are starting who? Maxi. Maxi Kleber at the at the yeah. five. That's just it's not good. But this is why the Clippers are the best team in the West because we brought up before talking about um, the Nuggets. You have your two stars. Most teams have that if you're a good team. Marcus Morris, Pat Bev, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Reggie Jackson coming off the bench. Zubox I mentioned. This is a good team. Like mm-hmm. the Clippers built a solid solid team. And that's why Leonard can shoot one of seven from three. That's why he doesn't have to take, you know, the huge shots all the time because they have other guys who can do it. And that's why we'll get into this in a few minutes. They're they're better right now than the other L.A. team. And that's why I think they have to be the favorite in the West. I agree. I mean, we had a we took a future on them when, you know, before the COVID stuff happened. Right, we had we're the Clippers. Now. Yeah, we had the – it feels like it. We had the Clippers – you know, winning the West, and I, I'm still very confident in it. Um, you know, and again, you got to think of Montrezl Harrell and Shamit. These guys just came back into the bubble, just finished their quarantine. So Harrell's not going to play 15 minutes, and Shamit's not going to play eight every night. Their minutes are going to start to go up. They were on restriction. So, you know, those are key guys off the bench that you're going to get a lot of action from. So, you know, when they start playing their actual minutes, it's going to be interesting to see. And the Clippers making that deal for Marcus Morris. You know, they gave up a first-round pick to the Knicks, which is going to be obviously a late pick, so it doesn't even matter. Um, you know, he he goes 8 of 13 for 19 points, and there's going to be people out there that are like, well, Marcus Morris can't do that every night. Honestly, he can. 
Like, he mm-hmm. might not take 13 shots. He might not score 19 points. But he's extremely efficient. His game is strong. Like, he's a good scorer. Um, and that's a nice third option because he is their third scoring option to have. Um, mm-hmm. That could kind of play everywhere. You know, he's listed as the power forward, but he could he could handle the ball on the perimeter. He could shoot threes. He could guard down low. Marcus Morris is a nice player. I I liked him on the Knicks. Yeah, and I agree. I think, you know, 8 of 13, like you said, people may say that that can't happen every night, but, you know, it could because of the simple fact of what you just said. He's the third option. Everybody's right. worried about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. He's going to get his open shots. You can't let Leonard or George shoot an open shot, but teams are going to live with Morris beating them, so he will make he will make shots. Absolutely. I mean, that's what he you're does. Not, you're not going to throw a double team at Marcus Morris when right. Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or both are on the floor. It's just not going to happen. Right, and he's you know he's a solid defender. He's you know he's an emotional guy. He hypes up the team. I like him a lot. I thought he was a, a great fit for the Knicks, but you know, obviously, clearly he's a better fit for the Clippers. But um, no, he's a he's a good third option to have. And this is probably the one time I'll talk about coaching when it comes to super teams in the NBA is that Doc Rivers feels like the perfect guy to lead this team. First of all, there doesn't seem like much, um, many ego problems, like a lot of locker room issues. You know, Kawhi's not that kind of guy. Paul George, we saw it a little when he forced his way out of uh, Indiana and Oklahoma City, all that stuff. But Doc Rivers seems to have this team under control as to where, again, the other L.A. team, there's a little, you see a little animosity among the players. You know, somebody takes a shot. I know, um, again, we'll get into this later. Alex Caruso took a three late in the game, and, you know, LeBron was over on the sideline. I'm not sure if many people caught it, you know, kind of yep. throwing his hands yeah. up and his look and all that. So Frank Vogel's got his hands full, but Doc Rivers is doing a real good job um, with this Clippers team, and that's a huge part, too, that people kind of sweep under the rug. It's similar to Spolstra with the Miami Heat teams of, you know, the early 2000s, the job he did with LeBron and Wade. Yeah, I mean, having... Having a lot of egos on a team is, is tough to deal with. And people say, you know, being a head coach for the NBA is simple. The players do it all. You kind of just put out lineups and stuff like that. But you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know what happens at practice. And for these guys to kind of deal with all of those egos and, you know, it's easy for a team that doesn't have superstars. You can kind of mix and match anything you want to do. But when you have superstars that want their time, want their shots, you got to figure out a way to kind of even it out across the playing field, and I think he's done a great job with George and Leonard in that case. Absolutely. That's why Clippers Clippers are a force, and it was an extremely entertaining game late in the night that takes us right into yesterday morning, Tuesday morning. The Milwaukee Bucks to sweep, to sweep this series was oh. favorite. It was favored. And we're sure going to start was. with the Bucks. We're going to get to the Magic. Trust me, I have a lot to say about the Magic because they looked very good. We're, the Milwaukee Bucks, are, oh. you, are you kidding me? I'm sitting on my couch yesterday, and I see Giannis hit a three, which is a miracle. I see, I want to say, Eric Bledsoe hits a three early on. They get to the basket. Two, a minute and a half in, 90 seconds in, it's 8-2. to two. I said, all right, here we go. We're, they're going to score 200 points. This game's over. We're going to hit every bet we just took. No. I don't know what they finished with in the first quarter. I forgot if you have the box score in front of you. But they scored eight in the first 90 seconds. They finished with 23. Exactly. And they just completely imploded from that point on. And it lasted the whole game. 
I I was so annoyed watching this this stupid game. I mean, Chris Middleton was non-existent. Brooke Lopez is a waste of space. I don't this the Bucks are full of regular season guys. You know, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, give me a break. These aren't championship guys. And you know, Giannis, listen, he's he's great. He's not a winner yet. He hasn't won anything. So we need to see him take this team to the next level. And he did all he could last night, but I, I, yesterday, I mean. But, I mean, it wasn't enough, and that's no excuse because the Magic were missing three guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't – when you look on paper and you show me who the Magic are starting and you show me who the Bucks are starting, and even if you want to go into, like, two or three bench guys – I mean, the game shouldn't even be close. and No reason you know, to be close. No. And, you know, Giannis, to be fair, he did what he could. He, you know, but he needs help. And Chris Middleton is a... He's an all-star. He's good. He's an all-star. But you can't disappear. He's another one who disappeared. No. You can't disappear. I mean, you're a three-point shooter. You can't go two for six. Um, but, you know, I know we'll talk about it. The Lakers, you can't... If you shoot... 64% from the free throw line, 33 from three, and 43 from the field, you're going to have a tough time. I mean, even with those numbers, you should be able to get by the magic. But, you know, again, they they didn't get anything from their bench. They got a little bit from Grant Hill. They got 16 from Grant Hill, who, George to be Hill. honest, was – George Hill, sorry. He was the second-leading scorer, which is hilarious. But That's alarming. I mean – where are the what are these guys doing? I mean, I can't I couldn't stand watch watching Eric Bledsoe shoot the ball. It was just he was another one that I could not stand when he had the ball. Because he just it it wasn't even his threes weren't even close. Dude, Brooke Lopez was standing in the corner throwing absolute cinder blocks at the rim. And it was <laughs> the worst thing to watch. And he, he was completely inept even from down low. I mean I mean how tall is he? He's huge. He finishes with how many rebounds did he have? He had four, four rebounds. Are you kidding me? He had yeah. I mean and DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo had four rebounds, first of all. Second of all, he was another one that struggled, um, you know, coming off the bench for them. I think he'll play a little better. I've seen him play better. But, you know, hopping over to the magic, I mean, Vucevic looked unreal he looked like and he looked like that was no and he took control of that game and he made it his game i mean for how good Giannis is and stuff vucevic made that his game and uh you know the 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 supporting role supporting cast for them did what they had to do i mean they got the job done and you know ross off the bench looked good um even markel fultz didn't look terrible but it's just i couldn't believe it i you know, was working at home, was going to enjoy a nice start to the day with a W from the Bucks, and got nowhere near it. Listen, credit to Steve Clifford, too, because nine guys play double-digit minutes for the Magic. They're missing Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac's not playing, Mo Bamba's out. Like, they're mm-hmm. missing guys. You know, you're starting five, like you said, Fultz, Evan Fournier, who was off last night, Vucevic, Gary Clark, and James Ennis. Like, on paper, that's a 30-point game, you know? Yeah. And especially if you would have told me before the game Fournier's not going to score his first points until midway through the fourth quarter, I'd be like, oh, the Bucks are up 40. Like, he's getting some garbage points. But, yep. no, they, they dominated that game, and it was it was 
it was hard to watch, but as a basketball fan, it was fun to watch because, like, you like seeing the underdogs win, especially a guy like Vucevic. Um, yep. Also, the Magic, Magic playing at home. They live a lot of these guys probably live 15 <laughs> minutes from the bubble. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're right. They have the home court. Yeah, they're ready. Um, you know, again, the Bucks. Nobody can make the excuse of playing in the bubble. Nobody has their fans. So you saying like, oh, it's different. Nobody has their fans. So you know, you got to play your game. If you're a good player, you're gonna play good wherever you are. Right. You can't make that excuse, and you can't make oh, it was a one thirty game because you guys right. have all been in the bubble for three weeks, and you you're all in the same time schedule. There's none yep. of that. No, and you know, it's just and like you said, it's it's fun to watch to see an eight seed, um, see two of them in the first games win. Uh, you get a little of that March Madness that we were missing this year um, feel to it, but. I mean, the Bucks are back to being 12.5-point favorites today. and uh, Or tomorrow, I'm sorry. And uh, I I would hope they blow the doors off them in Game 2, but after Game 1, I can't say that they will. Listen, the Bucks are going to win the series. I don't think anybody's... Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to overreact too much. They might win the next four, but watching that Game 1, I, they're going to have trouble in the next round. And if they ever got to play the Raptors, they would, I think they would lose 4-1 to the Raptors. Like... When I, when you have Pat Connaughton out there taking big shots late in the fourth quarter, that's a problem. Like I don't, it's just it's bad. It's it's tough to watch. And Eric Bledsoe again, he's average. You know Wesley Matthews, average. Um, Brooke Lopez is a dumpster. Like, it was it was just an all around terrible game one. It was, and you know Brooke Lopez is that type of player that if you, if your team's playing against them. You get so frustrated because he he's always good for those one or two knockdown threes that he shouldn't make. Right, that he shoots but, in the parking lot. Right, but you know that wasn't working for him, and uh, you know it's just it was a tough game one. But like you said, nobody's gonna overreact. It was hey, you know what an the awful sad thing game. is. You know what the sad thing is is that that's his game. That's Brook Lopez's game. Like he oh, doesn't yeah, have an sure. inside game. He's seven no. one. He doesn't have an inside game. He had four rebounds. He played twenty nine minutes at seven feet tall. He had four rebounds. It's it's unbelievable, and, you know, that's stuff you have to address, and, you know, I know we'll get into this game next, but if they if the Bucks have to even play the Heat or the Pacers next round, I think they'll struggle. So need, oh, We need to send this to Milwaukee. I need I need Bucks management to listen to this. Get rid of Brook Lopez. I don't care what he does the rest of the series. That game one was enough for you to get rid of him, cut ties, find yourself a new center. It's possible. He was awful. So all you people listening um, – it should be a lock to take Brooke Lopez over points today or tomorrow. Also true. Very true. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Especially if you know me, me and you. You, you know that yeah. Brooke Lopez scoring 30 next game, and he's doing it from all inside yep. the paint. Yeah. He's going to destroy inside the paint. Uh, where are we at? Heat Pacers. What a game. What a series. Easy call by us. Um, yeah. You know, with the Heat there. I think this series is relatively easy for the Heat. Love the drama, by the way, that I completely forgot about heading in the TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler drama. Jimmy, yep. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. And then they show the replay, and I got fired up again. Yeah, I, I, I predicted Heat 4 2 in the series. I figured the Pacers would steal, you know, a game or two, but, you know, Olin Depot going out doesn't help. Um, only playing nine minutes, so that doesn't help them. Right. But, 
you know, I will say, I, I don't know where this TJ Warren is, has been playing awesome in the bubble and watching him and Butler go at it. Obviously Butler's a better player, but watching them just having some kind of rivalry is like, you know, going at each other. I loved it. Um, but again, I, the heat, I was watching them last night and every lineup they had on the floor, like I was all in on, I mean, they, you know, Duncan Robinson, love watching him run around. And, you know, I forgot they had Jameson Crowder. I forgot they had Iguodala. Sure. And then they throw out Tyler Hero and Kelly Olenek off the bench. So, I mean, they have a little bit of depth. They didn't get a lot of points from the bench in the first game, but they have guys that could play defense, can shoot the ball. Um, and then Butler showed what he can do. Butler showed why he could be, you know, the top guy on a team, and he took over in the fourth quarter. I like this team, man. I like the Heat a lot. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Butler's paid. He's there. He's he looks happy. Um, mm-hmm. This is a deep team, like you said. Iguodala brings a winning mindset. You know, Hero's the young gun who's very good. Um, you know, Drogic's another veteran. Duncan Robinson off game last night, but outstanding shooter. They're very well balanced on the floor. I think they're right up there with Boston as um, you know the biggest threat to the Raptors in the in the East, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge, huge Milwaukee fan moving forward. Um, I think the Heat are just as big of a threat as the Celtics are to Toronto. And it's because of the balance. Like I said, I forgot about Crowder too. You know, yep. we don't even talk about Adebayo that much because he's just, he's just that good. You know, Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson, shooter. You, this was a fun team to watch. Derrick Jones was back, um, yep. you know, bringing some spark and athleticism. This is, the Heat are impressive. They are. And, you know, they have the depth. They have the guys that could do it um and i I like their team a lot i think they have a lot of pieces defensively they're good uh and the pacers like i said depending on olin depot um they're not very they're not very deep either um you know i classic tj mcconnell coming off the bench um gotta love him but i would assume you know holiday will start if olin depot can't but I don't know. I, I think I would not be surprised if the Heat swept them, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if this went to six games. Yeah, this is one of those weird ones I could go either way. I agree with the depth. Like, they had nine guys play double-digit minutes. A lot of that had to do, obviously, with Oladipo going down. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Doug McDermott got 17 minutes. Uh, TJ McConnell played 13 off the bench. Like, that's a problem to me. I, I, you're going to get yours from Warren. He's just in his own. Miles um, Turner didn't have a good game. And you really need Oladipo back. That's that's key to the series. If he's out, they might get swept. You're right. Um, what's the deal with Malcolm Brogdon? Is he good? Is he a good NBA player? I don't know. I, I haven't have figured no... it out yet. Okay, so watching the game, I watched him shoot a three. And it <laughs> looked. He was one for six. And I could tell you it was one of the six or the five misses. Um, it looked like one of the most, just one of the ugliest shots I've ever seen. And I couldn't tell if that was him, like, taking a real shot or just, like, he lost the ball or something. But he showed spurts of, like, getting to the basket like I know he could. But then he showed spurts of just disappearing and not being good. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. But I'll tell you what, with Olin Depot, if Olin Depot's out, he'll have to be good. So we'll, have, we'll see. But uh, to answer your question, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was very confused on that because he was a 50-40-90 guy last year. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. We would have yeah. to look that up, but I, I don't know. Is he good? Is he not? Like, he didn't look great yesterday. He's got a terrible mustache. Terrible. 
They just look Terrible. awful. Such. But yeah, so like I said, I mean, depending on Old Depot with or without him, I think, like I said, the Heat could either sweep or it can go six. But regardless, the, I see the Heat winning this series. Yeah, me too. I think I had four one. I want to say yeah. my predictions. It, I don't. I don't see this being too um, dramatic. This was actually the game I watched the least of, and that's the Rockets and the Thunder. And it was just Same. one. It was just that game that's awkward timing. It wasn't very entertaining. Um, it was a decent sec. I caught the fourth quarter when it was kind of in hand. Um, but in a, in a in a way, I expect this to kind of go this way the whole series too. Like I see the Rockets kind of handling them pretty easily. People were saying that this could be the most entertaining series, and I didn't really understand it. No, I you know I I'll agree. This was one of the games I watched probably the least of, and I think my predictions I have Rockets four two, but. I don't know. I don't see, you know, who could keep up on the Thunder with the Rockets. And this is, this is without Russell Westbrook too. So, right. you know, you're getting a 37 from Harden. You're going to get 37 from him almost every game. Um, and then Eric Gordon does his thing, but, but then you add Russell Westbrook in there. So, I mean, I, I don't see, this is another one that I could see, them sweeping, but I can also see the Thunder stealing maybe one uh, from them. But I don't know. Do you, do you think the Rockets can win the series without Westbrook? Could win this series without Westbrook? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think they could win this one without Westbrook. I don't know about moving yeah. forward, but I think they could definitely win this one. Because like you said, who's going to who's gonna keep up with you know Harden? Right now he's running the point. Um, yep. You know, Eric Gordon. This is a very strange lineup. Eric Gordon at the two. Um Daniel House is kind of the outlier there, but if Chris Paul has to guard James Harden the whole series, that's an issue. Um, nothing against Chris Paul. He's a great defender, but the size and just, mm-hmm. I mean, the best defenders in the in the league can't guard Harden. They had Dennis Schroeder on him a lot, which I thought was interesting, and he did the best job, honestly, on Harden out on the perimeter. But, you know, you got 29 from Daniel Gallinari, um, 17 from Adams. He's going to get his, but really nothing else from any other other member of the team and that's going to be a huge problem i don't think they'll be able to score enough no i agree and i think you know we kind of get on harden for his you know shooting percentages and stuff and last night he he played well he played really well and it's going to be interesting the the storyline for the rockets is going to be playoff harden does he choke again does he step up? What's it, what's he going to do? And, you know, after one game, you know, it's only one, but he did what he had to do. They won the game handily. I don't think it was really – it might have got close at one or two points. But I will say the other reason I didn't watch this game as much was, you know, I, the Yankees are on, and I cannot tell you enough how exciting, I, exciting it was to have two TVs going with sports where we went months without nothing. I was able to watch two games at once. Especially missing the NCAA tournament where we would, we would yes. usually have four going at one time. Right. Just having yes. two back with sports on it. And you know, having, having baseball and basketball on the TVs was just awesome to see. Having baseball back has been, you know, it's been incredible despite the, despite how bad the Mets are. But we'll dive more into, <laughs> we're going to dive more into baseball. There's a lot going on around baseball. A lot of yes. drama, a lot of issues. We're going to dive back into that when Haddix joins us on Sunday because I, you know, he's always good for an opinion or two. Yeah, um, oh yeah. Like I said, I didn't want to spend much time on the Rockets game anyway. Uneventful. We didn't watch much of it. Listen, no. the Lakers need to be discussed. 
the one seeds just came out and completely laid eggs last night. And I'm I look at the Lakers the same way as the Bucks. You have to have help outside of your superstars. And even Anthony Davis disappeared in the second half. I got a problem with that. He scored 21 in the first half. He scored seven points in the second half, finished eight for 24, 12 of 17 from the line. It's not good enough. You can't do He played 40 minutes. That's not good enough. No, and, and you know, this is another series that it's it, it, you can't really overreact because the Lakers are going to win the series. Right. Uh, LeBron's not going to lose this series. But, you know, I will say a couple things. Number one, KCP, I mean, 0 for 9 and 0 for 5 from 3. You have one job, and it's just to make open shots. You know LeBron. I don't know. But you know LeBron's going to get you open shots. You just got to make them. So him playing 29 minutes is not going to be the case in Game 2, and I hope it's not. But, you know, between him and there's, you know, Danny Green, like, you have one job. You put shooter, you put these guys around LeBron to make shots. And when you look at Danny Green last year with the Raptors, that's what he did. Kawhi yeah. got him open shots and he made them and helped win a championship. So, you know, that's why they brought him in. But, you know, I will say I was a little disappointed not seeing Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith get more time. Um, again, J.R. Smith, he has the experience. He has playoff experience. He has experience from playing with LeBron. He'll make some open shots. Deion Waiters, yeah, he could be a head case sometimes, but he's going to make open shots. So to watch KCP play 29 minutes, to see Alex Caruso playing 29 minutes and big minutes in the fourth quarter and not playing those other two guys, I don't understand that. So that's going to be a lineup change that they should make for game two, and I hope they do, um, or else it'll be a long series. I don't have an issue with Howard on the floor, Dwight Howard. Um you know, Kuzma's going to get his big minutes. He's one of their guys off the bench. Um, Danny Green's obviously not going to stay. He's getting killed after game one. He's not going to stay cold this no. whole series. But seeing Caruso, like you said, and Markeith Morris playing big minutes late in the fourth quarter, I mean, that's a huge, huge problem. And Caldwell Pope shouldn't even be on the team. I mean, no. I, I almost outscored Caldwell Pope last night. I was yeah, one, he had one I more, was, he had was, more, more point. I was one point away from outscoring Caldwell Pope. And... It's just, it's embarrassing. Even the way Danny Green shot last night was terrible. But my main issue, I told you, Anthony Davis, similar to Giannis, great player, superstar, not a winning player. He's been a pelican his whole career. Now he's with the Lakers. He's playing with a champion, LeBron, but he needs to prove that he's that winning player. And 8 for 24, 7 points in the second half, that's not going to get it done. You need to be great. You have to be great. LeBron, LeBron got his, you know, 23, 17, 16, bang. You know, what else do you want the guy to do? I will I will say um, I'll criticize LeBron a little bit in the fact that um, I want to say there was like seven minutes left, and he hit a three, and that was to put them up 87-81, and that's when, in my mind, the game was over. Like I, you know, the Lakers start storming back. LeBron comes up, hits a three. They're up six. Still a lot of time left, but I was like, okay, now they're going to lock in. Um, after that, he scored two points in yeah. seven minutes. And I know, you know, LeBron's one of the, is probably the best passer in the game. Um, and he does, you know, he looks for other guys. He wants other guys to find theirs. 
and he knows that he can't do it all, so he's got to get other guys going. But when you see your team struggling like that, I want to see him kind of take over. So I think his only two points was a tip back um, off a missed layup. And, you know, he missed him and Davis. The two of them went 0 for 4 on free throws. That would have tied the game. Yep. Um, sure did. And then he, you know, he took another layup with about three minutes that got blocked by Whiteside. And then he missed a three with 30 seconds left that honestly could have, you know, put him down two with 30 seconds and we could have got the foul game and something could have happened. But, you know, even him down the stretch, I was a little disappointed because um, all game he's finding his guys, he's doing what he does, he's, you know. But I was looking for that playoff LeBron in the last seven minutes after he hit that three to kind of just – the other thing was Gary Trent Jr. was guarding him. So I wanted to see him post up a little bit more yeah. um, because every time he posted up, he drew the double team, which is perfect, exactly what he wants to do. But, you know, as a Bla- if you're a Blazers fan – to see LeBron only take two shots in the last seven minutes, you're you're ecstatic. Um, you let somebody else beat you, especially if KCP and Alex Cruz are on the floor and Dwight Howard. You let somebody else beat you. So I think we're going to see a different LeBron in game two and I, a different Anthony Davis. Well, Rajon Rondo being out is a big um, loss that really not many people are talking nope. about. I'm seeing it every now and then, but not it's not being talked about enough because this makes LeBron be the point guard. You know, Caldwell Pope started technically in the point guard slot last night, and you just don't want him handling the ball down the stretch, especially when your team's down. Um, so having Rondo out, not being able to handle the ball, LeBron has to bring it up. That just adds so much more to his plate, and it works. Finished with 16 assists, but it takes away from his scoring. And you know, he is you know arguably the best passer in the game. He knows how to set his teammates up, but to have him, um, to have him have to handle the ball, that's you know, takes yeah. a lot away, especially on the defensive end. We can't take anything away from Portland, though. I mean, Lillard was back out last night. Uh, McCollum looked good. And this is a team that, again, not that deep, but players know their roles, and they do them really well. Yeah, I mean, they only played three guys off the bench. And, uh, you know, you bring in Whiteside off the bench, who leads the league in blocks. Um, you bring in Gary Trent, who has played in this bubble situation, has played pretty well. Um, so... You know, you get those key minutes from those guys, and Lillard is just—I mean, right now, like as of what's going on right now, he's the best player in the NBA. Um, he's just—it's—it's it's crazy. He has any kind of space after half over half court, and he's taking shot. Um, and you know, you, you see that shot taken even ten years ago. It's an awful shot, um, and even today, it's an awful shot for anybody other than him. And Steph Curry, maybe. And that's it. So, you know, to watch him play is something special. Uh, Mello and Gary Trent with the daggers at the end there. Daggers. Uh, just put them away. But, I, man, I was – I told you, I said, you know, the Lakers are going to crush them this series. I think they're going to – the Blazers are going to be overhyped about what went on in the bubble. And they're going to be – how could they keep this pace up? They're playing – they play every other day. They just had to play a play-in game. And, you know, Lillard and McCollum, I, I saw McCollum, he was a little more aggressive last night, but they are fun to watch. And, and I will say, I mean, I think, again, you can't overreact. The Lakers are going to win the series, but I would love for Portland to win another game. I would love for it sure. to go six. Me but too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate if they won the series, you know? No. And I, I and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win the next four. So it's, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, 
it would be it's a little different because you think of the re, the actual playoffs with home court and everything. Can you imagine if the Blazers and the uh, Magic stole Game One on the road in L.A. or in Milwaukee? Like that stuff would never happen. No, so never. Even though they did, uh, the Magic took Game One in Toronto last year. They did, and you saw. And then what happened after that? The Raptors won the finals. Right. So and they won, <laughs> they won the next four. I want to say and then won yeah. the finals. So we'll see. But again, no overreactions from for the Lakers or the Bucks. Both of them are going to win their series, and both of them are both of them are going to have a tough time in the second round. I mean. Bucks have to play the Heat, most likely, and the Lakers most likely have to play the Rockets. So those this is going to be a fun playoffs. This is the most eventful first round in a while, but the second round is going to be again. It might be the best it's been in a very very long time. Um, but yeah, that was that was the game once, huh? Jesus. Yep. And uh, listen, we're right back on the game two in, in in a little bit. Right. No. No break. Every. No break. Games every day. We're gonna. I love it. Um. We'll be doing this again Sunday, so after Game 3s. We'll have Game 3s complete. We'll have two games to talk about to kind yep. of break down the, the series, and then we'll get more into baseball, like I said, with Haddix. Um, you know, the Pirates fan coming on to join us, but a lot of drama <laughs> a lot of drama to discuss, a lot of unwritten rules to discuss that we will get to on the next edition. So Swing the bat. Until then, <laughs> listen. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time for that one. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so... Like I said, we'll be back Sunday talking about about those games. Until then, enjoy the playoffs.